so uh, here's what we want to do here, okay? We want to have several questions so that we can have some great discussion in our families. And so I do want to encourage especially the students to uh, engage in the discussions so that it will help and benefit the entire time that we're here, but also for you and your family. So the first question here that we ask here, I want you guys in your families to ask this question. You can answer both of these questions. What have been some of the challenges that the pandemic has presented to our families? And then I want you, each person, be able to share and then answer the question, what have been some of the positive things or, or opportunities, excuse me, what have been some of the opportunities that the pandemic has provided for our families? So go ahead and have some discussion amongst your groups right now. Some people to maybe share, what were some of the uh, challenges that the pandemic presented to our families? So let me get a couple, okay, right here. Being so close together, proximity for such a long time, you could be a little short with each other. Nobody can relate to that statement right there. That was just a one family situation. Others, so she said, we're all on our own devices and so we can actually feel isolated because everybody's on their device and so you can actually have a sense of disconnect. So what about some opportunities that were presented through the pandemic? Yes. So there's opportunity to be together like you'll never have uh, again, hopefully, right? We don't want to have enough. All right, so there's opportunity to grow in our character, repent of some sins, learn some tense there, yes. So as we can see, there were obviously some opportunities that were presented for our families, the family of God, but in our families. And there were obviously some challenges that we faced in our families as well. You know, we want to talk uh, some more about the opportunities that we have, not just with the pandemic, but really going forward in our families. But I want to show this, uh, this clip to you right now that, that hopefully... Well, I believe most of us can relate. We played the clip from the film The Incredibles where the family was fighting at the dinner table. None of us can relate to that, right? Where we're fighting with our siblings, mom and dad, mom, son, dad, dog. You know, we've all had these moments, right? Where, where things just are not going well. We're not communicating well, we're frustrated. I'm sure we didn't have any experience like that being together for a year over Zoom, right? And so we all can relate to this in some form or fashion. And we can really study out many facets of this in our dynamics as a family. But one thing I want to point out here is that, I don't know if you noticed, but there was an overall negativity in the family. That started off from the son, mom, there you go with that face again. Right? And then it just kept on and every comment was either, not, you know, the dad was probably disengaged so his comments were missing in action there. He was not aware of most things. But all the comments and everything, it was just a very discouraging environment. And so I want us to look today and talk about how we can have encouraging homes. And I believe that God wants to and can build encouraging homes in our families. You know, we all know the phrase, right? Sticks and stones, what? But words would never... That's a lie, isn't it? I mean, I don't know who came up with that. I looked up and I didn't do enough research. But man, sticks and stones, they hurt. But the wounds that we carry from words go way beyond the initial pain from the sticks and stones, don't they? We can all remember when somebody said something and it crushed us. It discouraged us. Or we can think of even times in our family where we said something or received something that was very hurtful. 
And so we know our words carry impact. And in the home, we have to ask, what not only does God want, but what do we want in our homes? What type of words and conversations do we want? You know, words are powerful. I want you guys to read these scriptures in a family right now. So let's read these scriptures, all right, in your in discussion. And then I want you to answer these two questions. What do you learn about words and conversation? What do we learn, all right? And then we're going to answer the question, what kind of language and conversation should our homes have? So go ahead and read those, and then we'll have some more discussion all together. So let's go ahead here and answer that first question. So words can tear down, can hurt, but also be helpful, and they matter to God. Okay, so it's not just how it makes it feel, but God cares about our words. Any others? Our words have the power to give life or to, to, to bring death. And so it's easier to tear down with our words. And so we have to be very intentional. Uh, and also the damage could be a loss of trust or lack of trust between the two parties. Words are not neutral. So they're either going to have a positive impact or, or a negative impact. Okay, let's move to that next question. So what kind of language and conversations should our homes have? Yes. That words, our words should be positive, but also truthful. And sometimes truth can hurt, but again, there's a good result from that. And so, and again, how we also say that. Awesome. All right, let's move on here. You know, those are some powerful scriptures. There's many scriptures in the Bible about our words, our language, our, our, our conversations that we have, not only with each other in our homes, but with all. And so, I, again, I think we obviously would agree that our homes should definitely have a, a, a tone of encouragement. And so I want us to look here at a couple of scriptures here. And I'm going to turn this way so we can read them. But uh, again, have encouraging home. Look at these scriptures right here. Ephesians 4. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. That's powerful. Only what is helpful. So again, truth, right? But again, my truth is so that it can be helpful. Ephesians 5 to the next chapter, we continue. Paul says, instead be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Think about this. It says, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and, and songs there. Now, I don't know how many church hymns and songs you have heard in which they are negative. Where it's like, yeah, Lord, reigning nobody, that person stings. No, do you ever hear any songs like that? And so when it says, think about that for a second, right? All the songs we're seeing are lifting up of God or encouragement to one another. And so when the scripture directs us, to speak to one another with songs, hymns, and songs, then that should be the tone of our conversations. You don't, show me that song or that song that we sing on a Sunday, which is tearing down. Again, this is very helpful for us, right? It says, to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another yearly. Just on their birthday. It says, there he is. Oh, it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sins, deceitfulness. And let us consider 
So we have to think through, I appreciate the, the comments about being intentional. So we have to consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. I don't know about you, but discouraging tone and environment does not prompt me, does not inspire me to want to have love and good deeds. Usually it prompts me to want to retaliate or be discouraged or exit the situation. And so it says here, let us consider that we may spur one another in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Now these scriptures obviously apply to the brotherhood, to the sisterhood, to the fellowship, but should it not also apply to our homes? Of course. We want to make sure we have words and conversations that build each other. We need lots of encouragement. Let me ask all the students in here. Do you hear any negative words at school, social media, or other places? Let me ask some of the parents. Do you hear anything negative from work, social media, or other places? We are bombarded usually with some form of negativity. Whether we're driving, whether we're at work or school, social media, we hear a lot of discouraging, negative things. So do we want to bring that into our homes? Because we're being bombarded. So this is important students. This is important parents. And we realize that everybody else around us has been filled or surrounded with negativity. And just like you have, you don't want to come home and be filled with more of that. And so we have to be conscious. We have to work together so that we can have homes that are encouraging. But again, this is not just mom and dad's responsibility. This is not just the student's responsibility. This is a truly a team effort. Because who wants to come home and have more discouragements? No one. But who wants to come home and feel like, wow, there's love and there's support in this house? That even though, man, I might have had a terrible day dealing with, man, it was tough. I didn't do as well on the test as I thought I was going to do. You know, so-and-so is, you know, they're not bullying me, but, but there's negativity. Or I'm at the job and, man, my boss, he's been on me and he, he just, he never gives me credit for anything. And so when we come home, how awesome would it be for people to say, or, man, what are you going to do this, do that, do it in the family? Right, so we got to make sure that we're conscious of this. And so parents, we need to make sure we're consistently building up. Students, we need to make sure we're expressing thanks to our parents. Because you might think, oh, they don't deal with any of that stuff. Yes, they do. And so we need to express thanks. And also, I know this is like crazy for students, but actually when you see something good in your parents, like share that with them. I know. That's crazy. But you and I know you see some good in them. Now you might, you might be mad at the moment because you're, on, you're being disciplined right now. But you know when you're not disciplined that you see a lot of good in your parents. And look, I know it can be tough, right? We can have arguments, discipline. We can annoy each other. We can have a scene similar to The Incredibles. We can have all these different things. And all that is natural and will have its time in our homes. But that doesn't mean that should be the norm. We're talking about an environment. We're talking about what's the what's the culture like? You know, there's a difference between walking in the light and taking a step in the darkness and walking in the darkness and taking a step in the light. So we want to make sure, yes, we're going to have times where we, we get into it. We're going to have to discipline. We're going to have some arguments. 
that's understandable. But even the scriptures tell us how we can resolve those. But we want to make sure that we're walking in a home of encouragement. And so again, we all play a role in this. This isn't just the parents, and of course, it's not just on the students. And so I want to encourage us here to encourage often. The goal to be one who is making the home encouraging, safe, and loving. And again, students, you play a role in this. And so everybody said that go, hey, my goal for me is I'm going to contribute to this. Imagine, imagine your family having, having an encouraging home. Would you want to be around each other? Would you feel safe? Would you feel loved? You know, let's all do our part to make our families encouraging homes. Here's what I want us to do right now. It's going to take about 10 to 15 minutes. And I want us to go ahead and have each member of our family or our group be able to answer these questions. So everybody gets a chance to answer. Here we go. How would more encouraging words impact our families? And then share a time when someone in your family made you feel special and encouraged. Three, what makes you feel encouraged? And then lastly, what can I do to make our family have an encouraging home? So hopefully this is getting us to think about what we can do personally and, and also hearing what others are saying on how they feel encouraged. And so that can help us to consider how we can provide that and have a home that's encouraging. I don't remember what parenting class I was a part of, but they talked about how they would be at the dinner table and have time of encouragement. And that's what they would do. And so we thought, man, that is so cool to do. So now we started where we have uh, Encouragement Monday at our house. So for Monday dinner, I go, all right, guys, it's time for it. And they already know what's coming. They're like, Encouragement Monday. But sometimes if we can't have dinner on Monday, then I'll go, all right, it's time for Encouragement Tuesday. And they go, didn't it used to be Encouragement Monday? I'm like, it's Encouragement Tuesday today, okay? <laughs> and so, but it's really, really cool because I'm so grateful for what they shared with us because our kids were very young when we started this. And now, uh, most of you know, we have our son, Dominique, and he's, uh, he's going to be three this, uh, this month. And it's so cool because he's been a part of this. And now he participates in Encouragement Monday. And so for the last couple of weeks, little Dominique says, Papa, I want to encourage you for going on the walk. And I'm like, well, thank you. Mama, I encourage you for giving me a snack. You know what I'm saying? And then he goes around and we're like, wow, we get so filled up with encouragement because we see he's catching us at an early age. And so I want to encourage us to be very intentional with setting the environment of encouragement. If we just hope, well, it's just going to happen tomorrow, no, it's not. And we just think, oh, let's just let it happen organically. Just let it kind of flow. No, it's not going to happen that way. So we have to be very intentional to produce this type of environment. So I want to give everybody here some homework. Kids, I know you love hearing homework, all right? But here's your chance to hold your parents accountable for homework, because everybody's going to do homework together, okay? So here's what it is. I want you to have encouragement day, pick whatever day it is, twice this week. Not once, but twice. Oh, we're going to go for it this week, all right? 
And then hopefully we can establish whatever your family wants to establish going forward. Hallelujah. I would encourage you to do something that's clearly intentional. Where we have to consider how we can encourage one another. So each member of the family goes and shares about each member of the family. And it's helpful because sometimes we might have had a challenging day, but I have to think, what is good in my child today? Then, you know, it's tough when I look over at Karina and she's like, yeah, what you going to say? And I have to think back, but it's good because now, instead of me getting flustered or thinking about so many negative things that might have happened in my day, I get a chance to focus in on what is good. And the scripture says that Romans cling to what is good, hate what is evil. So we want to cling to what is good, but we have to be intentional about clinging to what is good. You guys get what I'm saying? So, students, hold your parents accountable, all right? So we're going to have encouragement day twice this coming week, amen? And then we can have some encouragement with each other, sharing about how they went, and, and maybe things that we, some new things, that, some new ideas that spark that we can share with one another and try to implement. Let's close out here in Ephesians 4, verse 29. Church, are you still with me? Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. I pray that all of us will begin or continue to have encouraging homes. Amen? Let's pray and then we can go ahead and enjoy the rest of the evening. Father, thank you so much for the scriptures. Thank you for the guidance and the direction and the wisdom that is found in the treasure of your scriptures. God, I'm so grateful that we have these because without this guidance, man, we can get ourselves in a world of mess. Father, I know growing up in my family, I, I definitely knew that my mom loved me. That was one of the questions, but there wasn't a home of encouragement. And Father, I know because she didn't have a home of encouragement. And so I'm so grateful for what you have instilled in all of us here today and the things from uh, others that we have learned. Father, I think about the Williams and how much uh, I've learned from them. And God, I'm so grateful for the families before us to pass down these great practical things we can implement so that we can have encouraging homes the way I believe you want us to have. God, I pray that tonight wasn't just discussion, but it was the spark of something greater. Father, that not only we can have this in our homes, but as we share our faith with others, as others come and those who aren't here, Father, we can share with them so that they too can have encouraging homes. God, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity. So no matter what our family dynamic is like before, Father, we have hope that it can grow moving from today. We thank you for hope in Christ. And we know that's one thing we can always bank on. And there's always hope in Jesus. Thank you for his death, but thank you for his resurrection. Again, that seals our hope. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.